Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, So I am completely delighted today to introduce my guest. Um, I have a new friend, a very new friend, I would say, Uh, a few, you know, like what our friendship, it's like a few weeks old is what it feels like to me. Um, I am, I'm joined here today uh, by uh, Tanai Milgram. Thank you so much for being here tonight. My pleasure. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love it. You know, it was only a matter of time before tonight and I met. Um, We sort of share we share a a broader circle of women, you know, who are um, doing desire work and getting into their bodies and and pleasure. And um, and so I met tonight recently at a slumber party. Yes, that is right, y'all an adult slumber party. Um, and then yeah, I connected with, with her afterwards and I was like, Oh my gosh, we, I have to bring you on the show. So now here we are. So we'll get into what the hell the slumber party was in a right. moment, but I'm going to just tell you, um, who tonight is in the world and who she is, uh, to me, uh, as we jump in. So more formally speaking, um, she is a women's empowerment coach um, that helps women express themselves unapologetically in their relationships. Um, She is the artist behind the titty booth. Um, Hello, I need to look this up immediately. This is a new thing I'm learning about just right now. Um, so this is a body positivity Instagram page where, you know, women share vulnerable stories about their breasts. Oh, love that. Um, and then she also hosts a podcast called commitment phobe, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm like, the title of that just tells me everything I need to know. I love that. Like the approval and acceptance for, you know, a fear of intimacy that we all, I think we all have on some level, but you're just like making it normal and talking about it. So I love that. And for me tonight is just a, a a ray of, um, like sunshine and magic and possibility. You know, I've, I've spent, uh, you know, a little bit of time with her over the past number of weeks and, just being in her presence is like, it's like impossible to not uh, sort of see something, see a new possibility or, or, or open your mind up to something because it's just like how she lives her life. So thank you. I just felt like I just opened 
a very beautiful <laughs> gift where like you have no idea what's going to be inside and you're like oh my god that was better than I ever imagined <laughs> so thank you for that reflection oh yeah it's it's so it's so my pleasure and um and it uh yeah you know I meet different people and all sorts of uh circumstances and all sorts of zoom meetings and in-person stuff now and and um you just have this like special little zing so I'm thank you really glad you decided to uh spend a little bit of time with me here um okay so let's just dive in I I just think I'm like I don't even know what's going to happen in this conversation you know sometimes I bring a guest on because I'm like oh I want to learn about this thing or that thing or another thing and really bringing you onto the show is more like oh I just want to kind of bathe in this energetic frequency that I Mm -hmm. think we have when we're together Mm -hmm. so that is really my main intention is like I'm just like I just want to hang out in our energetic frequency and then see what comes through. I love that. Yeah. Something that was very clear to me when I met you was, oh my God, this girl loves hard. Like your heart is so big. And it's like the love just radiates out and around you and envelops everyone around you. You know, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so yes, I totally know what you're saying about this frequency. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, um, okay. Let's just, um, Let's just dive in and talk about this adult slumber party. Okay. Women's adult slumber party, by the way, that we went to a handful of weeks ago. Um, Our, well, I'll just give the back, this little backdrop. And then I want to hear about like your experience of it. Um, So our friend, our mutual friend, Carly Joe, who's also a coach, her husband was going out of town and she was like, you know what? Um, I want to fill my house with women and just like turn on. Um, and so let's do a slumber party. I was like, I have not done a slumber party in a while. Okay. Um, and, uh, she just brought so much creativity to it and like really, you know, got, got us all together around our desires. And one of the desires we had as a group was to have male strippers. Okay. Which that is a very high sensation desire y'all. And I'm not, when I, when I think about like a stripper desire, this is not like a cheesy sort of a thing that you might see at a bachelorette party. Like I'm like, I want to have like a dropped in experience where we're receiving attention from men in a really gorgeous way. And, um, and so being the women that we are, we totally created this. I called one of my friends and I was like, Hey man, would you be willing to create something kind of like a little stripper show, you know, for this, for this group of women on Saturday? And he's like, he was such a fuck. Yes. He's, uh, he's in the entertainment industry and he does this kind of thing all the time. So he just created this whole, um, this whole gorgeous evening where we got to be showered with attention and, and just like energy and got to be in this really special moment of sharing this with each other. And then tonight I want to hear about, you know, I could share more, but I want to hear about just what it was like for you. Um, cause you were sort of coming in to a group where you knew a few of the women, you didn't know a few of us. And you were like, okay, there's, we're talking about like strippers. And I think you thought that these were professionals at some point, right? Well, I thought they were professionals after having the experience. So here's the thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're in the same world, except 
you've been in this world with men involved and that's where I'm still not there. Like I, I've done all this work amongst groups of women. So Mm -hmm. I feel very comfortable with it. And I feel very safe to do this sort of thing around men, but I've never seen men embody the kind of, yeah, uh, just the kind of energy that they, and container that they created that night. Like, yeah, I came in fully picturing that it was going to be just like this tacky, funny stripper situation. And it was like very loving, very respectful. And I was able to just like fully let go um, and receive from these men. And it just felt very safe, you know? (laughs) And, and And it was coming from months of me, like just having zero interaction with men. So it was very much filling up my cup, but it was like a, it was an expanding experience for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, for those, for those of you who don't aren't familiar with the term expand an expander or an expanding situation yeah. is something that allows you to see, you know, something that's possible for you. Right. And that's what it was like for me. Like, wow, there's <laughs> this possibility. These men can fully, you know, embody the work that I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. What, um, what was one of your favorite moments from the evening? Yeah. Um, my favorite moment was when I was called to sit on a chair. So what, what these men were doing were, was that, that one of them was like caressing us with a feather while we were sitting on a chair and the other ladies were watching and were told to tell this man to stop somewhere on, on, on our bodies. And whenever he did that, he would spray whipped cream and the, his assistant <laughs> would lick it off. <laughs> Um, I, you know, like I mentioned, I hadn't, haven't, you know, had any contact with a man in a very long time. So I was very sensitive and Mm. I have fully allowed myself to feel it and show it. Mm. And that felt really good. Like I, I fully released and surrendered and allow myself to be turned on and, and feel the pleasure and be witnessed in that. And that was my favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so it was so gorgeous to just see you receive. I love, I love seeing other women open Mm. to receive. Yeah. It is a very special moment and you can feel it in your body when you're witnessing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It actually creates more, um, it like creates more permission for me to be able to receive, mm. you know, to just be in a field of women that are just doing that so brilliantly. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's just so many ways that we've been told that it's okay to receive, especially in a sexual situation where it's like, what face should you put on? What sounds should you make? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Um, And everything changed when I made it my point to be feeling good. It's just about me opening and feeling good. And I'm just going to trust that that'll lead to the greater good. And so I started doing that with partners where I would just fully Mm -hmm. let go and stop caring. And yeah, the magic is felt all around. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's (laughs) so juicy. (laughs) Uh, Well, I... um, so I want to go, I think what might be interesting, you know, is like you're, you're in such an interesting process right now of like 
finding out which city you want to live in and where's your life. And, you know, you're in LA for this period of time. And so I think there's, there's a lot of gold in just the process that you are inside of right now. Um, and many other topics I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to actually just like, before we do any of that, I want to backtrack a little bit to like what your life was like before you, um, started doing this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cause I know you've shared some of it with me and it just, uh, the parts of your story that you've shared with me so deeply resonated in, you know, in my soul, you know, as a, as a former New Yorker <laughs> who, who uh, enjoyed numbing out yeah. on various things that were available in New York. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I really relate to your story. So I just to sort of set the foundation for people um, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Tanai that was walking around Manhattan lost <laughs> Oh man. Wow. Tanai at that time, um, was a very well-behaved Jewish girl who was trying to please her parents. So I thought I needed to get married at 25. And actually one of the reasons I moved to New York was because I knew it had a lot of Jewish men, a lot of well-paid Jewish men. Oh my gosh. Go (laughs) manhunting in New York. Yeah. So not only did I know that it was going to be great for my career, because at the time I was a video producer, uh, but also I was like, yeah, there's just such a abundance of, of high, you know, men with, with really high salaries that are Jewish and that they can oh. be my perfect husband. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. So that's number one. Okay. Number two, um, one of my biggest goals in life was to lose weight. So that's all I really cared about was, okay, I need to find a partner. I need to lose weight. And, um, and honestly, I was just really unhappy. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. And that was simply because I was just doing what I thought would have my parents approve of me, you know, and, and to be a good mm-hmm. Jewish girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was actually a very defensive person. Um, yeah. I was very reactive. Um, I always, yeah, it was like, I always had that thing to say, you know, anytime someone said something, I always attacked back yeah. in my family. They were kind of, it kind of like say like, okay, I'm about to say something, but, but, you know, don't, don't take it as anything, you know, they, they'd have to protect themselves uh. from, from my, my attacks. So when I, when I first worked with, with my coach, those are my three goals. Um, I wanted to start dating someone. I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to stop being so reactive. Oh, <laughs> 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 how fun. Oh my gosh. Lose weight. Lose weight. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I can have, uh, I just have so much compassion for that. And I really believe it's like, we gotta, like, we all need some sort of an, an entry point to transformation, you know, and like, just being like, okay, you know, I want to lose some weight. Like that was part of your entry point. And like, I'm desperate to find a man that was part of your entry point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Things need to, yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, things things need to get uncomfortable enough for you to want to do something about it. And yeah, yeah. the entry point is usually I'm not happy with my life and there's something I need to change. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the other element was, was that as much as I wanted a boyfriend and as much as I wanted to get married, I actually was deeply afraid of intimacy. So anytime yeah. a man would show me that he was interested in me, 
it would be like an instant turnoff. I would find them repulsive. Um, I didn't, I, I, I'd emotionally cheat on them or physically cheat on them. Um, I'd start to find any reason to avoid them. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of confusion in my life. Lost walking mm. in New York. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just, I really, I really, really get it. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, a lot of parallels in my story, you know, mm-hmm. being just like t- scared of into like really being seen, like wanting it. There's like a difference between the like wanting it and desiring it, but then actually the like having it in its yeah. truest, purest form, it can be terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And, and Funny you say that because I just wrote about this today that, you know, so when I was 16, I, when I discovered a law of attraction, my mom is a healer and a coach. So she transferred all of this, you know, wonderful wisdom onto me. And the law of attraction was one of those things. So I thought, oh my God, that is amazing. I can make people love me and I can be popular. And I wrote down a list of people that I wanted to be friends with, like the coolest kids. And I was like, I'm writing these down and putting this list away and the universe will take care of it. And I just have to learn every single way that I will be sexy Mm -hmm. and I will be loved. And so it was like a false empowerment. Like I am at the source of my life, which means that I can be whoever I need to be for people to love me. Um, So of course I was afraid of intimacy because I would have to let go of the person I created for people to love me. I actively did that. Oh my gosh. Well, and it's like a little, it's like using the law of attraction to manipulate. Oof, that was my middle name. Tonight, Manipulator Milgram, 100%. I was so good at attracting men because yeah, I I was just so good at manipulating them for sure. Oh yeah. Well, and okay, this is really, um, yeah, I want to slow down here for a second because- I, I was the same way. Um, and I don't think, uh, when you say like manipulation in the world, mostly the women who are doing it, you know, and look, let's be real. I'm still working on surrendering. Like it's like not a binary scale. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would love for you to share some of the ways you manipulated men to just like get to normalize it and give women you know, something that like tangible that they can be like, Oh, okay. That might be me. Yeah. I mean, I would never express my needs because I knew that I knew that that would make me seem not needy. You know, that would make me seem aloof and Mm -hmm. independent. Um, so of course I, you know, I thought, that would make me, that would make me more mysterious and less and more go with the flow and easygoing. So that, that was one of the biggest things. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's yes. And I want to, this is so brilliant. Um, I love this. And it's like the, uh, it's not the reason it's a manipulation, right. Is because it's not authentically you. And so you're not being honest about like, you're pretending I don't have these needs but then you actually do have needs, but you're not being honest about it. And then there's this deeper thing in your mind that's making him wrong for not meeting your needs that you were never honest about in the first place. Yeah. 100%. 
Yep. I know this one. I know this <laughs> yeah. one. Wow. It was like, I was, I was not, I was express. I was not expressing my needs because of my own payoff of, mm-hmm. I get to keep you even though, yeah, I don't really want to because it's not the kind of relationship that I really wanted. I wanted a relationship where I could express my needs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But there was some dark part of you that just loved not getting your needs met. Ah, yeah. That was such a kink for me at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also never complained and never told men what I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So if I was ever hurt, I would just suck it up. I would not express it. Uh, And so the, the reflection I would get back is, oh, you're so easy. You're not like the other girls who are always complaining and, and, um, you know, just talking about their problems and making me wrong. Like all these men felt like I treated them, I treated them like Kings because I was always complimenting them, making sure they felt seen and good. And it was all a lie. I mean, not entirely, (laughs) not entirely, but the truth is there, there is no relationship where you fully don't feel, you know, negative negativity or resentment towards someone. And I just was not expressing it. Oh, oh, wow. So you created this whole world yeah. where I was a perfect girl. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And did, what did your, like, what did your friends think about it at the time? Or like, were, I guess, were you, were you honest? What was the dialogue with, like with them, I guess? Yeah. So here's, here was the pattern. The pattern was that I would be into someone and everything would be great. And then I would ex- start expressing to my friends the things that I would start finding wrong. And I mm-hmm. and suddenly start having this anxiety about it. Like, uh, yeah. I have to be this person and I'm starting not to like them and hear all the things that I don't like about them. And they don't see me. They don't really know me. But obviously, because I wasn't allowing myself to be seen yeah. or allowing myself to be known. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was very convincing to my friends. I was pointing all these things out and I made sure that I sounded very right about them. Uh, I was very good at that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Get them, so, get, get them on board, collude with them. Yeah. It was all part of my master commitment foe plan. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was that the more, like what I thought at the time was that I didn't really want to be long-term with someone for some fear. Mm. That's what I really thought commitment phobia was. Yeah. But what was really happening was that I was straying further and further away from my truth Mm. by not showing up in my truth. And that's what was creating the anxiety in my body. That's what was creating the disconnect from this person. Mm -hmm. So had I just been expressing the truth from the very beginning, I wouldn't be breaking up with these men the way that I did, which is everything's great. I'm smiling. I'm awesome. I'm complimenting them. I'm the perfect girl. And then the next day, I'm so sorry, but I don't want to be with you anymore. Okay. Bye. Heartbreak. They're like, what happened to this perfect woman? Yep. This is so interesting. Cause I like, I, um, I just imagined they had to like, they had to have felt something. Right. You know, I I just don't. I mean, yes, I totally believe you could fool people who are not conscious. But I imagine at some point didn't like didn't somebody be like, yo, didn't some was there someone that saw through your shit? (laughs) Nobody saw through my shit. 
I think there were times where their higher selves, I could tell when they were feeling off and they couldn't name it themselves. So in the later relationships, as I was becoming more conscious and working on myself, I would have conversations with men where they would say, oh, wow, yeah, I did feel you were off that day. Or, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I, I, I could see that. But they wouldn't name it at the time. I mean, they were perfect mirrors of me. Right, whatever right, right. I was available for, they were available for. Yeah. So I was just, you know, dating <laughs> yeah, all these totally. unavailable people. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, thank you so much um, just for the the humor and the levity and the love with which you bring this conversation, you know, because it is, it really takes something to be this brutally honest <laughs> with yourself. Yeah. Oh, it takes, it takes something. So thank you. Thank you. And you know, my hope is that women can hear this and be like, Oh, wait, where am I not telling the truth? Yeah. You know, a lot of people will listen to my podcast commitment phobe and they didn't consider themselves they didn't associate themselves with the fear of intimacy until they start hearing these things like, Oh, I'm not expressing my needs because I'm afraid of intimacy. Oh, I'm not um, saying when I don't feel good or I'm not showing my anger because I'm Mm. afraid of intimacy. It's not something people are aware of or talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I so, yeah, I so appreciate that you're bringing it. (sighs) Um, Okay, well, I want to fast forward a little bit. And just have you share um, how, yeah, how it is now. Oof, yeah, well, it's been years and years of work. And um, and now I'm actually, I'm actually in a very interesting point in my life where I'm not dating anyone at the moment. And for the very first time, I'm actually, it's not on my mind. I feel like anytime I've been single, it's like I'm cool being single. But at the same time, there's always that thought in my mind of, okay, but life could be better with a partner or, okay, but I got to be looking for someone. Yeah. However, I do have male friendships and I have been going on dates where I get to practice all of these, you know, practice doing the opposite of what I've been doing my whole life, which is expressing my anger, expressing when I'm uncomfortable, asking for what I want. Yeah. The moment, the moment that I want to do that or right after, like if I catch myself that I didn't express that something was uncomfortable, then yeah. I'll just rewind and say, Hey, there's a moment there where I, I was actually feeling really uncomfortable and I didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. And it feels, it feels really good for me to share it with you right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that I've been doing it with male friends because there is a lot less at stake. You know, it feels like it mm-hmm. at least. But I really do believe that every relationship is an opportunity to work on the relationship. It's like how you show up in that relationship, you get to work on you. And then that creates the relationships all around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love uh, just the idea of practicing this with male friends. <laughs> yes. Well, I told you about my emotional fog buddy. Oh yeah. Wait, <laughs> tell my tell my listeners a little bit about him. Yeah, he's gonna laugh so much that I'm mentioning him on here. Um <laughs> so I have a friend who I've never met in person before, 
we started off just connecting about coaching because he's also a coach and it slowly turned into fuck buddies. And then we were like, okay, but we're also there for each other emotionally. So we're Mm -hmm. emotional fuck buddies where we have virtual sex. Yeah. And also give each other emotional support. Yeah. So there's been many times when I've had the opportunity to ask myself, what am I afraid of pretend? What am I afraid of admitting Mm. to a man? What am I afraid of? Yeah. What am I afraid of revealing? And so I actually, I actually put that on. It's like, you know, it's like a new outfit. Like, let me wear that. And, um, I'm not going to try to get rid of the fear. I'm I'll sometimes even name the fear. Like, Hey, I'm about to show you something that's really scary for me to to show you. Mm-hmm. And then I I just I just do it. <laughs> so for example, yesterday I told him that um I'm afraid of fully letting go in my giddiness with men. Mm. And I just allowed him to witness me in my giddy in my giddiness and witness me in my fear of showing my giddiness. Mm. Because that's something that I've always thought isn't sexy. You know, you have to be put together and hold it back. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't express too much of the joy. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, it was, it was like, I was reprogramming myself. It was like allowing myself to feel the safety of being witnessed by a man in something that I felt was not safe to show. Mm-hmm. And now I feel comfortable stepping into different relationships that way. I've now you know, reprogram, then I'm like, this is now safe in my body. And I can show up in this way in other relationships. You know, there, there's a, a part of um, a return to love by Marianne Williamson, mm-hmm. which is my Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, she talks about how so many people out there wait for the one to deal with certain things like, oh, this person isn't worth my time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask for what I want. I'll just save that for the one. Or, um, I, I can't wait to be with someone because then I can fully really let out everything. Cause they're, they're there for good. They have nowhere to go. Yeah. So uh, this is the opposite. It, it's like, we're actually, anytime we step into those things, we attract something new. I fully believe that every time I, I try these things on that I'm afraid of, of, of um, expressing or, or witnessing, you know, all these shadows mm-hmm. that I'm now attracting more authentic relationship into my life mm-hmm. with myself, especially. Yeah. Oh, I love this question in every area of life, asking yourself, like, what am I afraid of revealing? Mm. Hmm. yeah what are you afraid of revealing what are you afraid of admitting yeah admitting has a different twinge to it too Mm -hmm. yeah wow I love that so much Hmm. yeah I've always been one to be motivated by dares you know I I really know how I know I really know how to work with my personality when I when I do self-development on myself and daring myself has always been the thing. So I, so whenever I dare myself to do something, then I, that really propels me forward. Cause I've always been an adrenaline seeker. 
Um, I like, I like, I like high intensity, you know, kink is my highest on my sexual blueprint. So to me, when I dare myself to show this part of me that I'm afraid of showing Mm -hmm. that really, that really does it for me. Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh, I love this. Well, I, you know, and I want to make a distinction here. Uh, you know, especially if there are women out there who are listening and are like, oh gosh, I'm lying all over the place. How do I like just start to write, be more authentic? You know, it's a, it's a process. And I guess the thing I want to distinguish is that like, you're not saying that, uh, to like, just dump all of your stuff onto a partner, right? Like you're not saying like, oh, Get, make a list of every single resentment that you have and then just go tell your partner these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to just make this distinction for people. Um, I think it's important. And what, uh, let's see, well, what do you want to say about that and sort of yeah. how you, um, how you think about that in your process and like work through, okay, mm-hmm. here's my shit. That's my responsibility. And then here's the, like, vulnerable thing that I want to reveal. Mm. Right. Yeah. Such a good question. There's many things. First off, I want to speak to what you spoke about women saying, oh man, I've been hiding or I've been lying all over the place. Right. And that's where inner child work is so important because the one that's lying is a little girl or a little boy, whoever you are, that's been protecting you your whole life. Mm. and something really magical happens when you stop making that little child wrong for the way that it's just taking care of you. Mm. Like that's where you create that self-love where Mm. you can really love that part of you that needs the love the most. You know, whenever, whenever I hear women say like, why am I self-sabotaging? Why do I keep criticizing myself? Like that, that child that is doing the sabotaging and criticizing that's the one that needs the most love and you're pushing it away and making it wrong. Mm -hmm. So the first step is, is actually turning to that child and saying, thank you so much for protecting me the way that you did and the way that you do now. I really appreciate that. And I'm so sorry for pushing you away the way that I have. Mm -hmm. And so now you've created this inner harmony and compassion for yourself, which Mm -hmm. is like so important before you communicate with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you know, I ask myself, what have I been sacrificing in holding this back? Or why, what have I been sacrificing in trying to be a certain way? Like if, if, I'm, if, I've, if I've tried to not be too much, then what I'm sacrificing is my authenticity, my peace of mind, my radiance. Um having, you know, intimacy with others and, and having them see me. Mm-hmm. And when I get clear on those, then I speak with the intention of that. This is with the intention for me to be authentic and for us to be more connected and for you to see me. Mm-hmm. So it's all for the purpose of love and connection for yourself and with the other person. There's no make wrong. There's no blame. Yeah. It's just, it's just how can this create more love and more connection? Mm-hmm. Not, I am speaking with the intention mm. to kill you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Or, or, you know, a a big one there is, is when people express their boundaries, they, they think that boundaries is telling people what to do. Stop doing that. Don't say that. Get away. Mm-hmm. When the, the inner boundary is what you do in the face of that. When, when people mm-hmm. do do something that you're not comfortable with, like how do you, how, you know, how do you respond to that? Do you allow it to keep happening? Mm-hmm. Um, even, yeah, even, even screaming back is, is actually the opposite of, of setting the boundary, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, I love the, just the intentionality of, of stepping back to say, like getting really right with yourself, being like, okay, I am speaking with the purpose of love and mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Then well, no matter what comes out of your mouth, right? It's like in service of that, you can't lose mm-hmm. from that place. You really can't. I, I think my whole life ever because of because I started with a law of attraction specifically, it's interesting. Yeah. I've always had this sense of I will believe what I want to believe. So I will choose that belief and act accordingly. So if I want to believe that my truth is worthy of being seen, and if I want to believe that being authentic will bring me closer to people, then how would I act according to that truth? How would I act according to that belief? Mm. And that's what I speak into. That's the same thing, you know, when, when I, when I post on social media, when I first started radically like sharing myself very vulnerably, I I decided that to be my point. Like from now on, my Instagram is where I'll radically share myself, like be radically Mm -hmm. vulnerable. And I just chose to believe that that will help others open up Mm -hmm. and that that will help me step into my power. And I just chose that belief and I acted accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, ha- I didn't have to get rid of any fears. I didn't have to get rid of any resistance. I was like, cool, you resistance fear, you can hang out. <laughs> I'll take you along with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that so much. Mm. It's so simple. <laughs> so simple. We like, to, we like to complicate things. Yeah. We do. We love it complication is so much fun yeah totally um well you know I want to um I want to have you share a little bit about your journey right now of choosing a home because I think there's so much gold baked into that yeah (laughs) okay so I guess I'll start with what we spoke about um which was that I have been hopping around from different places and I've actually been doing that my whole life. So um, I, I, I'm from Venezuela, I moved to Miami and it was very clear for me my whole life that Miami was not the place for me. Mm. So I left for college. Then I literally spent three days when I came from for college, sold my car and moved to New York. I said, there's no way I'm spending more than that in Miami before I get sucked in. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to New York and I got a nannying job until I got my first full-time job. Mm. So, and then, and then in New York, it was too much of, of something else. And then I went to Israel and it was too much of something else. I was always thinking about what the other places had. And 
And what I want to mention there is, is how freeing it was to have full approval to keep doing that and trust that it was going to lead me somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, just like, just like the body thing and the finding a husband thing led me to my, you know, deeper self work. Right. So did this, like every place had a different lesson for me. And I just kept writing out the searching for. And finally being here in LA, where I'll be until mid-October, I said to myself, okay, this is a pattern, obviously. It's not just going to change where, you know, I'm not just going to land somewhere and think, okay, I'm here. I made it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't we love doing that with everything in our life? Yeah. Um, I actually realized, wow, there, I need to develop some discomfort tolerance. I need to actually let myself feel um, the discomfort that I'm feeling in this place. Mm-hmm. And and focus on how it's serving me, what I'm loving. Because the question mm-hmm. of what I'm not liking is a future thing. Can I really spend my time here? Can I really settle down here? Do I have a future here? Do I have a partnership, a friendship, a community here? Yeah. But what exists is right now, which is what I'm loving. And having space for the things that I don't love. Sitting with this discomfort instead of resisting it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So that <laughs> how's that, that practice was, going? Oh my gosh, huge. That that that's just changed everything because now I can just trust that it's actually not under my control where I'll end up. And and you know, we were talking about your story and how you ended up in LA and it wasn't something that you were seeking to do. You weren't like, I'm gonna go to LA and see if yeah. I'll start my life there. It just happened to you. Well, I had a desire. I want to distinguish something here. I had okay. a desire, right, to live in community. And like right. I imagined this life, right, that I was stepping into, but then I was unattached to the form. And so you know, I had sort of looked around New York and like was looking for five bedroom apartments in New York and you know, this whole thing, and nothing was moving, Mm. but it's like, I let the desire lead. And then I was just unattached, you know, so I created it, but from a place of truly being unattached, which I hear, you know, is is sort of the thing you're, you're up to right now too, is like feeling into the, the deeper nuance of your life and what you really desire. And then allowing whatever like the location is to come through you in a very divine way, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing, what, what I thought would be the end of this is okay. If I just get this all figured out, I'll know where I want to be. I'll know the results, Mm -hmm. but really by focusing on what it is that I enjoy right now and having this desire and trusting that universe will lead me to it. I just got to enjoy right now. Mm-hmm. I get to not fixate on everything that I don't like and have the worry of not knowing where I'm going take over my life. Mm-hmm. I just trust. I, I know I, I, I have very similar desires. I want community. I want yeah. healthy food. I want to feel turned on. I want to feel, you know, um, a peaceful energy around me, but I no yeah. longer have to, I no longer have to worry about it coming. Mm-hmm. I used to be very pain avoidant, very pain avoidant. Yeah. So I think 
So I think in this search for this place, it's been searching for the perfect place where I don't feel discomfort. Mm, Yeah. Like fixing something. Fixing something. Yeah. And, um, in the last couple of years I had, um, I had these recurring UTIs and, and UTI symptoms yeah. that were, that were excruciating. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what that led me to was revealing like how much anger I had towards my body for the pain, how much anger I had for pain. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I was working with a, a healer who also used acupuncture. And when she would put the needles in, it would hurt like crazy. And she had no other clients that experienced that much pain. And that was simply because I was so resistant to pain. Whoa. It was, yeah, yeah that's intense. If acupuncture is hurting. Yeah. Well, that's actually just also a sign of how much you're holding in. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she would, you know, pinch the needle and I would scream or or yell. And it was all this anger that I had towards the pain that needed to be released. And I, and that's how I realized how, how little space I had for pain, which is a really important part of life, just like joy and just like excitement and ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. What, um, what was your, well, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how like you opened your body up to feeling all of it, you know, pain. And I imagine then more pleasure because you were able to feel the pain. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's very important that I worked with a professional who was holding yeah. space. And, in, and really it was just feeling, it was just expressing what was there. Of course, because this pain was around the womb and and the, the yoni, it, it had to do with a lot of feminine pain. So mm-hmm. a lot of pain around having to hold back my feminine expression, my love, my anger, all my feelings, mm-hmm. you know, feeling feeling that repression that honestly, as women, we have felt for, you know, for generations. Mm-hmm. So a lot, a lot of just awareness and expression and, and, and compassion for myself in this very slow process, which I wanted to fix very quickly. (laughs) Slow process. Yeah. I mean, is it, does this happen to you where clients will come and say that they want to work on their feminine and then a month later, their life is a shit show and they're crying all over their place. And they're (laughs) like, I don't feel feminine. And you're like, yeah, you just opened a can of worms. Yeah. Like the feminine is is purging. She coming through. Yeah. She coming through. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty so much. so there was that. And then um, and then also I read this book by Jeff Foster, if you're familiar with him. He talks a lot about pain um and about how the resistance to pain is what causes the suffering. So, so mm-hmm. I so it it took a lot of time for me, um, a lot of meditation where I would actually just sit with this pain and breathe through it and not, not try to push it away, not try to fix um, my body while I was meditating, not try to work on that kink that I felt on, on my shoulder. I would mm-hmm. actually just breathe and be with it. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's been such a big lesson for me. And and you can really apply it 
in the relationship space too. The the running away from the relationships was running away from conflict and and feeling like it wasn't okay to have conflict in relationships, especially because I came from a family that didn't communicate the conflict. I, I didn't grow up with a family that screamed at each other or expressed mm. expressed any emotion to each other. You know, we were very we would sit at the table and sit very polite and be very, you know, courteous with each other. It was very quiet. And when I was little, I, I felt that there was something off there. I was like, why is everyone else screaming and laughing? Oh, like the rest of the world, you mean? Yeah, I would go to my friends' houses and they were cursing oh. and laughing and yelling and something felt really good to me about it. Yeah, you're like this, I can feel you. I can feel yes. you. Yeah. Totally. So, so yeah, so it was, it, it, it has felt like coming back to just feeling, mm. feeling all of, all of the feelings and having space for them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, again, very simple, very profound. <laughs> very simple and very profound yeah Yeah. and it's 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 really it will it will it will completely shift your life I this is the thing I didn't realize and I imagine you didn't either is just the um getting in touch with my emotions right allows like it allowed people to really feel me and then feel connected to me yeah and Yeah. That's, I think there's, there's so much in the world that has women say like, oh, I'm not allowed to be emotional or it's not acceptable or people won't like me. And I'm like, girl, get emotional. Mm -hmm. Your husband is going to be able to feel you after, if you do that. (laughs) Totally. And you know, one of the things that is, that has blown my mind the most is, um, what, what's his, I always pronounce his name wrong. David Dida, is that how you pronounce David his last Dada. name? Dada. Yeah. So David Dada, one of the biggest things that I got from him was how men, how the, how the masculine needs the feminine to challenge the masculine mm-hmm. and to almost like bring it back to its purpose. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and, and so in, in more colloquial terms, that means, you know, if, if, if you're in the feminine and, you know, the partner in the masculine is slacking or they're just, you know, they're not on their purpose. Like they need the feminine to say, Hey, you're not, you know, you're slacking. Like your, your shit's not together. Get it together. I thought that would make me a bitch. I thought that was emasculating. Well, and there's a way to do that from love. Yeah. So, so this is what I'm coming to. Yeah. So it's like, it's coming from a place of, Hey, I see you. I I see your power. I see your potential. You got this. Here I am to remind you that I love you and I'm here to, you know, to give you a little, a little, a little push. So, so to me, that was really mind blowing because I was holding back from saying this to men. Um, and, Mm. and by holding back, I was taking care of them. So that was emasculating. Right. Yep. Hold back. It was like, ah, you know, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, Holding yeah, and, and, the, and withholding as um, it, it is emasculating. Yes. Thank you for saying this. Okay, continue. Yeah, I, yeah. I just really quickly wanted to say yeah. that that it's been so refreshing now that I do that, that men love it. Yeah, that, they want to feel yeah. you. And they and they love being called out on their things in a, in a really 
turned on and connected way in the, I see you, you, you know, you got this and right now you don't. And like, come on, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh, come on people <laughs> with love. Yeah. Um, wow. Thank you so much. This is just, uh, I love this. I'm just, I always just um, get exactly what I need in these conversations. You know, I'm like, oh, it's cool that I have an audience, but I'm like, I'm, <laughs> really here. I'm here for me to get reminded of who I am and, um, and of my desire. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so as we start to wrap up, um, I would love for you to share um, what you have coming up in your business. Um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, how you know women can get a hold of you, just all all the good things, and we'll include it in the show notes too. Okay, perfect. So the easiest way of reaching out to me is on Instagram at Tanai Milgram, and you can find out about all my offerings there, which I have in my bio and. Um, this in a couple of months, I'll be starting my next cohort of a program called fully self-expressed. And that's about expressing yourself in relationships unapologetically. So that means asking for what you want, sharing your feelings, showing up in your truth without holding back. Mm -hmm. And after this conversation, I, I mean, I know you told me about this program on Saturday and I was like, oh, that sounds cool, you know, but after this conversation, um, I am really just getting present to how that body of work like is yeah. your it's your special channel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? totally. <laughs> yeah. And you can also check out Commitment Phobe. In which oh, Kaylin, Kaylin will be a guest yes. in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, you can check me out there too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for just sharing your radiance and your wisdom and, um, and your light with me and my listeners. I, I deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. <laughs> my pleasure. All right. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.